We are back in business. My name is Steph Hansen. I am the Chief of Wits Up and I must apologise for leaving you hanging in the past few weeks or so. But when we decided to go ahead with the Wits Up podcast, I wanted all of our episodes to be recorded face-to-face. The whole concept of our podcast is to step away from the racetrack and get to know these athletes on a more personal level. And I think the best way to achieve that is being in the same room as someone, having a coffee, sipping on a glass of wine and just chatting. So in amongst races and travelling and planning for more travelling, we've managed to bank a few more episodes for your listening pleasure. You are welcome. So you all know this guest as the Warrior Princess, aka Xena. Yes, she's one of the most successful long-distance triathletes in the world, but I'm guessing that there's plenty that you don't know about Caroline Zena Steffen. I bet you didn't know that she used to do inline skating, or that she crashed a couple's honeymoon in Sydney when she was younger, or that she loves a good mixtape. Well, there's plenty more to find out about Caroline, so let's get cracking. Are you nervous? <laughs> what are you scared about? I don't know. What are you going to ask? <laughs> Just the tough questions. All right. Speak louder because we're recording. This is it. Oh, that's it. We're on. All right. Hello. I warned you. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Don't swear on my podcast. Why not? It's a good question. You can swear as much as you want. Yeah, thanks. You do have to talk louder though. Okay. <laughs> it's me you're talking to. It's my first podcast. Ever? No, it's not. No, I'm just it's kidding. the first one that counts though. Yeah, the first really important one. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, I haven't introduced you yet. Everyone. This is Caroline Zena Steffen. Say hi. Hi. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Zena has been your nick. Brett Sutton gave it to you? Yes. Yeah. What was your nickname growing up at school? Um, my dad always calls me Carly. Carly? Carly, yeah. Really? Yeah. Like a, a shortened version of, of Caroline? Carl. Because Caroline is a sort of a version of Carl. So Carl is the male version of Caroline. Oh, okay. So Caroline is sort of the female modern version of Carl. So, yeah, which is short version of Caroline. It's just, yeah, Carl. So my dad called me Carly. So how would you respond if we started calling you Carly? Nah, not funny. <laughs> <laughs> not so well? No, if someone calls me Carly, I know it's my dad. Okay, that's his thing. Yeah, and my mom, when she was angry, she called me Caroline, and otherwise she would call me um, Haxley. Haxley. Haxley, yeah. What does that mean? That's um, a word for a little witch. <laughs> <laughs> Were you a nightmare as a child? It looks like. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, yeah. What's one of your memories from being a kid where you were a Haxley? Or do you think you were perfect? Oh, my mom and I still laughing about that story. Um, as you know, I grew up in Switzerland and um, during winter we had a lot of snow, of course. And my mom was always worried to, um, yeah, to keep, make sure I'm wearing the right clothes, um, stay warm and not getting sick. So I had those really, really ugly boots. Um, we call it moon boots. Um, they're really big and ugly. And uh, I didn't want to wear them because I was just embarrassed to go to school with those moon boots. And um, But she always made me wear those. So I did, I say bye to my mom, wear the moon boots, but then left the house through the basement. 
um, through the garage. So I swapped shoes in the basement for a left, went to school with different shoes and then went back home and swapped shoes again, went through the garage, swapped shoes and then said hello to my mum with my moon boots on. Did she know that you used to do that? Did no, she shoes? did not, but I told her later on and we still laugh about it. And, and she's okay with it? <laughs> she's, she's okay right? with it now, yeah. <laughs> Actually... Just speaking, this is random. I didn't think I'd ever be speaking about shoes on a podcast about with triathletes. You've got quite an eclectic uh, mix in shoes. I saw the the thongs, or for those people overseas in America, thong thong is a g string in America. Did you know that? <laughs> Did you know that? No. Yeah. No. So everyone listening, when I say thong, they're going to think we're talking we about underwear. No. But uh, what do they call them? Sandals or sandals? Jandals yeah. Or yeah. Whatever. I think so. You had a you had an interesting pair on the other day. Yeah, that's <laughs> for transition between <laughs> summer to winter in Australia. What are they? Um, Describe what they are. I'm not sure if people know overseas what Ike boots are. They're just made out of sheepskin. Yeah, is it yeah. sheepskin? Yeah. So on the inside, they're all fluffy and really soft, and you yeah. definitely have all this warm feet. Yeah, so they're for winter. They're for winter. They yeah. when it's really cool, and you wear yeah. them barefoot. So you yes, um, go in barefoot. I tested them in Switzerland once in snow, and they're absolutely perfect. Barefoot oh, really? in the shoes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So my thongs I have are just made out of the same material. They're just thongs. They're just very thongs. <laughs> so you've combined thongs or sandals that are meant for summer. summer. And Ugg boots that are meant for winter and you've just met in the middle for that transition yeah, period. Yeah, yeah. Always thinking. Yeah, so everyone loves them. <laughs> Would we say they love them? Yeah, well, <laughs> I always get people looking at my feet and sort of wondering what I'm wearing, but I think it's a pretty smart move. Yeah, all right. Yeah. You're always thinking? No, I know. It's just I saw them and thought that's pretty cool. And I think I'm the only one in... Yes. That's okay. We're not here to judge. No. This, this isn't a show of judgment. Okay. Lucky <laughs> me. <laughs> um, okay. Back to Switzerland growing up. What At what age did you come to Australia? Because you spent a bit of time in Australia before you moved here when you were a pro cyclist, right? Yeah. I yeah. came to Australia when I stopped swimming. So I, I grew up with um, all sort of different um, kids ballet, believe it or not, and then into uh, scouting, 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 scouts. Oh, uh, yeah, like when you go away on camps and yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. pretty big in Europe. That's pretty much every kid does that. Oh, I did, I did know that. I've yeah. got a friend who's from Belgium, and her uh, brother does it. Yeah, so I grew up with two siblings, which are older than me. So I literally just follow whatever they did. They did. So my. Yeah. So I went to kids ballet, it was really small, and then um, my sister went to gymnastics, so I did gymnastics, and then... Um, what was your favourite gymnastics? Oh, I was terrible. I was, <laughs> oh, I was just, um, I was pretty tall already for yeah. my age back then, and I just didn't have the flexibility, and <laughs> I was terrible. So we moved on because my siblings um, started with scouts, yeah. so I did that too, and then uh, played drum because... Drums? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, really? Join some music. Yeah. You know, I played drums. Really? Yeah. I took lessons. 
Me too. Yeah. Drum I played in band. Yeah, me too. No way. Yeah. What kind of music? Um, <laughs> I don't music. really. No, I think it was more classic. Uh, so it's not like the music that you play in the car when I'm in the car? <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> but just quickly, for those of you, um, what I'm referring to is um, back in Mooloolaba last year in your old car, she had a, she still had a tape deck in her car and a bunch of tapes in your glove box. Yeah. And, oh, God, remind me, what was the tape that I couldn't stop laughing about? It was the mixtape that you made. I call it Bertram Mearsley. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, again, <laughs> when I was a kid, when I was really young, we recorded music on the radio. So, yeah, yeah. that was the top top 20 on on Sunday. Yeah. You know, you listen to it and you play the red and play. That yeah, the record and the record, record yeah, and, yeah. and then you stop and then um then the next song you record again and you miss the start and you have to yeah. go forward back when people talking in a song which is Ugh. really annoying anyway yeah. so i did that always as a kid and one of my favorite types is just um, my favorite music back then and uh recorded a little bit and because it's such a mix it's not slow or fast or any specific um musician that just called it because it's a mix that just called it Virtual music type. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, when I bought that car a couple of years ago, with that, and I could not believe there was a tape, um, like a cassette recorder in that car. Yeah. I remember I had a whole box of those cassettes in my dad's basement back in Switzerland. So I called my dad and asked him to send a few over, and okay. he sent me like ten tapes or something, and it was just really cool to listen to those tapes, which are. Uh, Probably twenty five years old or something. So funny. Yeah, it's really cool. It, yeah, I had a good laugh. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and, we, and then we drove around the little bar with the windows down, circles, singing <laughs> at the top of our lungs to oh, I can't even remember Prince or something. I don't know. I don't, I don't remember either. But yeah, so whatever cool. was in like whatever was hip in in eighties <laughs> <80s. laughs> <It> was hip. <laughs> So we got sidetracked with tape decks. What were we talking about before that? <laughs> um. <laughs> Music, drums. So you played drums. Yeah. Um. Oh, you asked me about when I came out to Australia the first time. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. God, wow. Yeah. Love a tangent. <laughs> I love it. Okay, back to Australia and coming out and stuff. Yeah, so I'll often, um, after all that, I'm playing drums and just got some whatever. Came into swimming and then once I stopped with swimming, I came over to Australia, which was 2003. Yeah. And um, yeah, as a backpack, just travel around Australia Yeah, for three months and then went back home. So, and, and then what brought you back to Australia again? Um, oh, hang on. What did you see in Australia? What surprised you most about coming to Australia and backpacking? Well, I had a Zurich Brisbane return ticket. That's all I had. And I had three months' time to sort of explore Australia. And yeah. I haven't planned anything. Like, I literally yeah. had uh, my backpack, Lonely Planet. <laughs> oh, back in the day, the actual book. The actual website. book, yeah. yeah. And that was pretty much it. And I remember. By yourself? By myself, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I had three months, three months off work. And I came over, I remember I was um, a land in Brisbane and um, 
sitting on a train station waiting for the train to uh, Brisbane City, Brisbane yeah. town, downtown. And uh, But I wasn't really sure what to do, so I was just sitting at the train station for at least, I think at least an hour. Yeah. It was a sort of train came and passed and train came and passed. I wasn't really sure where to go and what to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, my English was pretty, pretty average back then and um, was able to sort of have a small conversation, book, you know, book a room or order some something to eat. That yeah. that was pretty much it. So yeah, yeah. And then from then on, I stayed a couple of days in Brisbane and um, then travelled up to Sunshine Coast, Noosa. Stayed in the backpacker in Noosa for a couple of days and yeah. And then flew down to Sydney uh, for New Year's Eve. Oh yeah, yeah. Party. Well, not really, because I was with my massive big backpack in a botanic garden for hours just to get a good spot, you know, for the, watch the firework. And then yeah. I had nowhere to go because I had, haven't booked anything. It was way too expensive back then. So, yeah, of course. Um, I ended up on a, sleeping on the floor of a um, German couple. They sort of offered me to sleep at their place uh, on the floor just people that you met in the park or? yeah well i was in the park for like seven hours and made a secure my little spot and there was a german couple they uh, i think they had honeymoons in australia and um, <laughs> they had a hotel room in sydney so yeah you we crashed so- their honeymoon pretty much yeah for <laughs> one night <laughs> i know where to go and they said yeah you find sleep on the floor and then after that um traveled down to melbourne yeah um, spent a couple of days there and then over to uh, Tassie for a week. Tassie? You made it to Tassie? Yeah, one week. My old stomping ground. Where in Tassie did you go to? Oh, I did one loop, just ones around the island. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't really remember. Heaps of hiking and yeah. um, bushwalking and stuff. That was really cool. Yeah. And then Perth, um, all the way down to Denmark. Um, Wait, Perth to Denmark? Yeah, it is a town calls Denmark. Oh, I'll take your word for it. And Never then it. back up and then out back. Alice Springs, yeah. Kings Canyon, Arrow, and then up to Cairns. Yeah. And then back down to Brisbane. Yeah, right, for three months. Yeah. What was your favourite part of that trip? Um, That's that 14 hard. years ago now. Yeah, yeah, 14 years. Um, Oh, that's hard to say. I think it was... I really enjoyed my days in Melbourne. I sort of enjoyed that. Pretty cool. Yeah. There's lots to do for backpackers in Melbourne. Yeah. Anyone, really. Um, the funny thing was that, um, so 2012, I raced Arrow Melbourne. Yeah. And um, where the finish line was in 2012, next to that finish line is a tree, and that's where I had a nap. I was just about to say, I bet you slept under the tree. Yeah, I had a nap once <laughs> in that park under that tree as a backpacker in 2003. No way. Yeah, so nine years later, I was a professional athlete and raced over Melbourne and had one of my biggest race and yeah. wins ever. Yeah. Right next to that tree, I had a sleep as a backpacker, which is pretty cool, you know, like. Yeah. I never thought I'd going to end up like. Being even a professional athlete back then, so so sport as a career or even as a hobby wasn't really back then wasn't really something that you're pursuing. Well, I was sort of a swimmer. Profe- yeah. You can't really call it professional swimming because I was working hundred percent. Yeah. Um, 
because there's no money in swimming, so I wasn't yeah. able to. And there's heaps in triathlon. Yeah, there's <laughs> well, there's heaps more than yeah. swimming. <laughs> I was I swam twice a day, so I I trained a fair bit, but um, there there was absolutely zero money, so I had to work. So I wouldn't call it professional swimmer. Yeah, but um, I was always involved in sport, even when I was young. I just um, was a very active kid, I think. Yeah. But then I had to stop because I had um, two shoulder surgeries. So I sort of walked away from the sport um, because I had enough. But then figured out after a year that I sort of missed the sport and got back into it. But Back into swimming? No, I got back into a um, bit of adventure racing. Ah. Yeah, and that's um, through that I got into, came back to, oh, um, started with triathlon. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, so what was the moment where you were doing adventure racing and then switched over to triathlon? Like, what what made you do that? Um, the adventure adventure race I've um, included inline skating. Shut up! And inline skating, inline skating, mountain biking, uh, bike ride, run, and swim. And <laughs> um, I was pretty good. Swim, I was of course first, and then uh, inline skating was last. Um, mountain biking, riding, and running was sort of I was average back yeah. then, but I could not inline skate. I was just I'm just too scared, and my balance just terrible. So after did, did, was it the the four wheels? Yeah, yeah, like proper like roller skates, not roller blades. Yeah, we call skates. it. Yeah, it's a roller blades, but it's oh, so there's four. It's four, four in a row. Yeah. Okay. We call it inline skating. And that's where it's. It looks like ice skating, but with rollerblades. Yeah, but it's on a road. And do you put one hand behind your back and? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. But I thought I knew everything about you. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was terrible in that, so I didn't really enjoy it. And then there was a. I thought, what can I do with those five sports? I want to do something similar, something long. You know, like I, yeah. I was interested in, in challenge myself. Yeah. I mean, I was back in the day when I was swimming, I did two and four hundred, which means two to four and a half, five minutes. Um, <laughs> four hundred medley was like four fifty, two freestyle was two or two. So yeah. I was between two and five minutes was my race. Yeah. And all of a sudden I was interested in going all day long. Yeah. Um, but I find it, I just want to have a chance. I just, I put a bit of weight on <laughs> in Australia and it was like, oh, I want to lose it and how can I do it? And I just needed, I start running, like just no plans, just put shoes on, start running. And I needed yeah. sort of a goal. Why, why would I go running every day? I needed something I can work towards. Yeah. And then that's why I did that adventure race. And um, and then heard about there's a triathlon which goes one whole day. Yeah. And I thought that's pretty cool. And that, that's when I ended my first Ironman. Now, was that Switzerland? Yeah, 2006. Um, I'm in Switzerland as an age group, but yeah. What was the race that you wanted to enter as an age group if it had sold out and they said, oh, you can have a pro license because you'd proven that you're that fast. <laughs> so instead that, of racing age group, you just rocked up and raced pro. Yeah, that was so... When I've done my first Ironman in 2006, I've done pretty well for my first one. And Where'd you finish? I got second in my age group with a 9.58. Oh. And then they told me, you're going to Hawaii. 
And I was like, what's, what? what's oh, in Hawaii? <laughs> every single triathlete out there is like, screw you, man. Sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they said, are you going to Hawaii? And I thought, oh, oh my God, um, what's happening in Hawaii? They said, oh, it's the world championship. Like, that's awesome. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. Um, saved some money and um, booked a trip to Hawaii and finished third in my age group in 2006 with yeah. a 9.59.22. Oh, wow. Yeah. So pretty much same, same. Yeah. As you. Yeah, yeah, pretty right. much, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And then after that, I got back home and uh, got a phone call from a pro cycling team because what happened in Hawaii, I was racing on a road bike. Um I didn't know the difference between a road bike and a time trial bike back then. And Do you know now? I do know now. <laughs> and people kept saying, you can't race Hawaii on that bike. And I wouldn't understand why. I was like, what? It's got two wheels. It's two wheels forward. and frame and I can put a bottle on it and I'm going to be sweet. So I did yeah. a five, I think it was a 512, a road. Shit. 512 minutes on a road bike. And that's when I got a phone call from a pro cycling team saying, hey, um, we think you have some wow. potential to be a cyclist yeah right yeah and that was the first time in my life where someone said you could be a professional sports ah. person and i thought that's pretty cool and took the opportunity yeah wow yeah. and then you joined the cycling team and that's when you for two years and then i left the team and that's when I want to go back to triathlon, but was late to enter Ironman Zurich in 2009, and then they offered me a pro license because they say because of your result back in 2006, yeah, you could enter pro. I was yeah. like, well, then yeah, then I entered as a pro. Yeah, yeah, I just want to race. I don't care which category. And then you were pro from then on. Um, yeah, pretty much 2009. Yeah, how funny. Yeah, because most people are like umming and ahhing. Should I step up to be a pro? And Yours is literally like, do you want this? Yep, cool. I mean, well, yeah. Back then, I just didn't um, realize what what's the difference. I mean, I just want to yeah. race. I didn't really care about earning money or yeah. any rankings. I just want to race because I want to see how fast I can go. So yeah. I didn't really care. I just want to be on the start line, and I did not understood back then yeah, yeah. what it means. H group or pro? I just thought it's just a whatever different category. Yeah, different start time. Yeah, pretty much. Doesn't so how really... did you go? Uh, I think I finished fifth, but I'm not 100% sure. Okay. And time-wise, do you remember? Um, No. What was yeah. it? No, I wasn't third. I don't remember. Yeah. But definitely under under 10. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. What's, uh, this isn't meant to be about triathlon, but we'll talk a little bit about it this podcast what did you find the biggest difference aside from the obvious but the biggest difference with racing between age group and pro say Kona from your experience so going in I guess as an age grouper who had no idea about the sport or the history of Hawaii and all that kind of stuff compared to then racing it as a pro um well Definitely, there's no pressure. I mm. found it pretty easy when I when I've done my first one because I was just yeah, no one knew me and no one really cared what I'm doing. Yeah, and I was sort of just 
I just had fun, you know, it just went over and I was in Hawaii. I was just happy to be in Hawaii. Yeah. How cool is that? I can, I mean, I can race in Hawaii. Yeah. I just, it was all about what I want and not, I wasn't worried what other people think, what I do. Yeah. And I think that changed when I turned pro because I sort of had a responsibility for um, sponsors and yeah, um, even coach. Um team manager all the people who support you yeah but as an age group i had zero support except my family but yeah, yeah they just support me whatever whatever i've done anyway yeah do you sometimes miss it just just racing for the love of racing without having to like without having that responsibility and you know just going out and swimming riding and running do you, do you miss that sometimes yes i do but I think that's my mistake. I could, I probably could still do that. Um, I maybe would get the exact same result. Yeah, right. What do you mean it's your mistake? Uh, I think I put the pressure on myself. Okay. Of course, I want to please my sponsors, make sure I promote the products, and yeah. Um, but I've maybe put we put too much pressure on ourselves. We as in professional athletes. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I'm the only one who feels that way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I think and then, of course, are. a big difference as age group. You don't have any, you know, media and all that stuff, which was nothing in the first year when I went over in 2010 as a professional. Yeah. Uh, because, again, no one knew my name, so that was pretty easy. But then it yeah. got more and more each year, and it's sort of hard to say no because people just expect you to yeah you know do photos and sit down and have interviews and do podcasts do really podcasts <laughs> are we really annoying am i annoying you right now not yet <laughs> <laughs> but you have an expectation that will annoy you at some stage today no <laughs> <laughs> um you mentioned your family i want to circle back to your family you've got two older sisters no, older sister, older brother. Yep. Mum and dad, they're all in Switzerland still? Yep. So how did they cope when you left your country to come to Australia and live? And um, how's the family dynamic now? They sort of, um, of course, not, not really happy because, um, I mean, Australia's on the other side of the planet. Can't yeah. go any further away. But um, when, I, when I was a swimmer, I was... Um, a wayfarer bit that travelled and training camps overseas and so it wasn't really something completely new and different. They sort of used to me travel around and be involved in sport but um like literally packing up my stuff and moving, that that was a pretty big deal. Yeah. Um especially for my mum and dad. Yeah. Yeah. Who who are you closer to out of your mum and dad or is it a completely different relationship with both? Um, it's different relationship. My mom is more, you know, my best girlfriend and, um, she does not really understand what I'm exactly doing in sport (laughs) and which is, which is perfect. She doesn't need to, um, she doesn't need to know every single competitor and she doesn't need to know an Ironman's 180k, you know, like she, um, when I talk to her, we just talk more about anything else where my dad is more. He reads all the magazines and he knows everyone. And um, I've met your dad. Yeah, he's um, whenever I'm racing Europe, he's always on the 
yeah. um, side of the road and yeah. had a big cowbell and a big <laughs> I love um, it. Swiss flag. And yeah, he's a um, big supporter. Even when I, back in day one, I was a swimmer, he, um, the Swiss championship was over four days and he spent all four days in a, you know, in a indoor swimming pool cheering me on. Yeah. And, yeah. So where do you think, do you think you got your competitive streak from your dad? Definitely. Yeah, right. <laughs> what what makes you My say mom that? always says, I must have it from her because she doesn't have it anymore. Oh, so you stole it from her. Pretty much. But I'm just <laughs> laughing because she never did any sport. She never was involved in any. Yeah. We're just joking. She always says, you must have it from me because I don't have it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it weird? Because my, my parents weren't sporty. My brothers aren't sporty. But I... I am so much, so I don't even know where it comes from in my family. It's weird. Mm. I probably have it a little bit from my granddad as well. He uh, was a professional cyclist back in the oh. in the forties, probably. Really? Yeah, and he was a cyclist in the military as well. A cyclist in the mil- what does that even mean? We had um, in Switzerland, we had cyclists like um, they ride their bikes to deliver post. Ah. Oh. Yeah, so he was, was one his of job. Yeah, that was his. Well, in the Second World War, yeah, he was. He was on the bike riding and deliver mails and stuff like that, and his dad, so my grand, great granddad, great granddad, yeah, um, had a bike shop in Zurich. No way. Yeah, in the nineteen, I don't know, twenty or maybe even before that. Ah, so it has been in your blood. It just skipped a generation. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Wow. Mm. Is your granddad still around? No, no. 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 But um, he never, he actually never told me about that. But when I start um, with road cycling, um, he came up with all those photos. And I still have a few. Um, That's so cool. Yeah, and he told me if you get caught, put newspaper at the front, you know, for the wind. And it's just, um, yeah, really cool. And once he came actually um, and watched the race. And what do you think? Um, well, you know, he was in you know, 80, 80 plus and he barely left the home anymore. And, yeah. Um, but I was racing close to his uh, hometown. So he came, he left the home and came watching me racing and he was pretty, he was pretty pumped. He was very proud. I remember. Oh, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I wonder what he would have thought about women riding bikes. Cause I imagine it wasn't a big thing back in his day. Like women oh, riding bikes competitively. Oh, definitely not. I don't think there was any any women riding yeah. bikes. That's so cool. What a cool story. You should get those photos framed. Yeah. Framed. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. Deck out the garage. Yeah. Bit of motivation for you on the wind trainer. <laughs> do you have one of those ridiculous garages with – actually, I know you do. I've been in your garage. It's all <laughs> set up. There's like 20 bikes on the wall and you're all set up with your – what is it? The pallets. For those of you who don't know, Caroline Stefan is a pretty good handyman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love to be creative. Yeah. 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 Uh, I was over at your place the other day and you've, uh, in the past, you have made some pretty cool furniture at your house. Talk us through that. <laughs> my favourite thing. T- tell everyone about my favourite thing at your place, aside from the dog. What's that? Yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I like to be creative, believe it or not. And um, I, d- I do believe it. Really, I've seen it. And, I was um, so impressed. 
<laughs> so triathlon, going back to triathlon, I think it's not creative at all. At all. Um, what do you mean? You can design your race kit? That's pretty creative. Yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> the only thing you can do, but that, yeah. that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, so when I, whenever I have a little bit um time left in my hands, I'd like to, you know, build things and um, paint and just be a little bit creative. So we... um. We just made some pallet, um, some table, chairs, couch, um, coffee just table out of pallets. So cool. It's really impressive. Let's do, <laughs> tell everyone about my favourite bit. So, yeah, um, I built a, um, we call it, it's a Murphy bar. Yeah. So whatever you, you know, flip up and down and sort of storage away. Um, you can do it with table or chairs or bed or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, a Murphy bar. So you, it's on the wall. It looks like a cupboard on the wall, but then you pull it out and then um, it's like a whole bar with a table and, yeah. It's so cool. Yeah, and I, I, I probably need to post something Yeah, uh, you need one to day. tell people about it. It's very, very cool. Yeah. I'm so impressed. So you say that you miss that creative side. So when you were growing up, uh, you talked about playing the drums. You obviously like music. What if you weren't? No, you, I don't like music. I hated that part. What do you mean? I just done it because my sister and brother had done it, so I just followed them. But I wasn't playing. I I was terrible. I went to um, school like music school yeah. once a week, but I never um, I never enjoyed it. Like I was, I wasn't even good, but I just done it because. Because they did. Because they did. That's just what that was the youngness, and I just followed them. Right. Yeah. But you enjoyed listening to music. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you can't create it because you're not good at it. Yeah, but music is not really. That's yeah. not your thing. No, not really. So okay, so if you weren't um, a pro- professional triathlete. And you had the opportunity to do anything, be it creative or, or whatnot. What what would you be doing? What would you love to be doing if you weren't a pro triathlete or a pro athlete at all? Um, probably what I've done before I became a professional triathlete, which is I was a draft drafts woman. Yeah. So I was designing on the computer. Yeah. Um, roads, um, steel construction, building. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it, so I was I was sort of a little bit creative. We um, I was responsible for um, uh, like designing car parks or designing um, you know, um, drive-ins. Um, yeah. Or like yeah, it's it's hard to explain, but um, I was sort of able to create something on on the computer, three D yeah. and with numbers. I like numbers to work with numbers and yeah. It's like the Swiss, the Swiss version of creativity. So it's creative, but it's also very structured. With well, yeah, you have to off. follow rules. Yeah. But so you work with that book, which is full of rules, which you have to follow to make it sort of yeah legal yeah. for the law. But you sort of can be a little bit creative. So there's there'd be a bit of engineering involved in that job right? well so yeah so i work together with an engineer yep. which delivers the numbers and then i get the numbers and i be creative with the numbers so you'd be doing that you reckon if you were to try uh triathlete i really enjoyed my job back then yeah ah. yeah 
Or something, probably something else with computer or building stuff. But so we'll get you some Lego. So yeah, I, I loved Lego as a kid. Really? I always stole my brother's Lego. Me too. <laughs> when he went to school. <laughs> I played with his Lego and then just before he came back home, I just put him back in a bag. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? It's uh, Doing things as a kid can say a lot about you as, as a grown-up. Yeah. For yeah, sure. Yeah. Like I said before, I was very active. Yeah. So I spent all my childhood, whenever I could, just outside. Yeah. Just playing with whatever. Yeah. So it wasn't computer games and stuff? No, I never had computer games. Yeah. Actually, you were telling me when you were growing up, you guys didn't, um, fair to say, you didn't have a lot of money, so you were quite resourceful with what you... Yeah, we barely watched TV. Um, yeah. Probably once a week was a lot, and weekend was a lot to watch TV in. Yeah. Yeah. Are you making up for that now as an adult? <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> I'm still not a big no. not a TV watcher. No, not really. Not your thing. No movies. Not your thing. Um, I like to watch a good movie, but if it's like an afternoon and it's just a waste of time, watch sit indoors and watch a movie. I'd rather go outside and yeah, be on the beach or I don't know, just do something. So that's your when you're in between training sessions, you'd prefer to be. Hanging out at the beach as opposed to having a nap on the couch watching a movie. Well, that's the thing between session. If I have to rest, um, I really have to force myself to rest. So I'm not yeah. great in resting. Yeah. Of course, I, I'm not going to the beach between sessions. Yeah. Um, if I have a day off, I'd rather go to the beach and watch a movie. But yeah. between sessions, I sort of have to force myself to, you know, yeah. lay down, feet up, and just rest for once. But I'm not great in that. I usually find something to do. In <laughs> uh, when you first moved to Australia, how did you go with um, sarcasm, coping with so? Because the Swiss are very matter of fact, yeah, very yeah, honest, yeah, and Aussies can be very sarcastic. Well, I wouldn't understand it back then, <laughs> so I just probably just ignored it. <laughs> but you've changed. You have become very Aussie. You're a smart ass. <laughs> People don't know that. You're a massive smart ass. It's the only reason I like you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> don't you think though you've changed? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I hope so. Well, yeah, I think you change when you move in a different country, different culture and yeah. I figured out pretty quick I can't be Swiss, like too sweet. I'm still Swiss. I mean I'm yeah, still pretty I'm never gonna lose that. Yeah. But I had to sort of fit in a little bit more. So Yeah. So you became a smart ass. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> what are you guys doing over here? <laughs> <laughs> you fit in just fine. Can you explain to me so in Switzerland there's a mixture of languages. So there's Swiss German and Swiss French. Is that right? Yeah. Am I making stuff up? Is that right? Uh, it's not, Swiss French is not language, we just call them the Swiss French, because the people who live in Switzerland don't speak French. Okay, so, but they speak, like, French. legit French. Yeah. And, but, so you, do you, you don't speak French, you speak German. Actually, I've you speak 20 different languages. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> you speak a few, a few languages, though. So, we have Swiss German, which is a really strong dialect of high German or German. 
Oh, it's, it's, so it's the dialect. But it's um, it's completely different. To it's German. like yeah, it's like Dutch and German. But but if you go to Germany, you can have a proper conversation with someone. Yeah. So if you grow up in Switzerland, you at home you speak Swiss German. Yeah. And then you go to kindergarten and you still speak Swiss German. But as soon as you go to school, you learn German. So all you do is speak German in school because all the the books and newspapers and um, mm. TV and all that stuff. Um, there's no grammatic for Swiss German. We don't have any books in Swiss German. Right. There's no... Um, well, on TV, the local news are in Swiss German, but all the international news are in yeah. German. So could a German person understand Swiss German? No. Ah, is that different? It's that different. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's a completely different yeah. language, but it's sort of related to German, to Swiss German. Okay. So you you can speak Swiss German, yeah, German, yeah, a bit of French, yeah, Italian. I do have an Italian passport, but I wouldn't say I speak it. But you know, what's hello in Italian? Bonjour um, is French. Come on, I even I know what it is. Oh, I don't know. What is yeah, it? you do. Yeah, bonjour. I do. Oh, bonjour. No. Come Grazie. Oh, now you lost me. <laughs> I do speak a little, yeah, because yeah, we spend, um, yeah, we spent uh, all, all my um, holidays as a kid. We spent in Italy, because Great. my mom is half Italian, my grandma was Italian, so that's why I have Italian passport as well. Ah, where in where in Italy did you used to? In Tarzo. Where's that? Uh, next to Milano. Ah, I love Italy. Me too. I reckon. I must have Italian blood in me because I I talk with my hands. I'm <laughs> that's about it. But when when Brett and I went there a couple of years ago, they loved me because I was just like la 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 la. It was awesome. Yeah, I would love to speak Italian like yeah, actually proper, be yeah. able to have a conversation and um, yeah. But my mom sort of missed out on um, she grew up in with Swiss German and and Italian. Yeah. Um, so she still speaks fluently Italian. Okay. And even my dad, he's pretty good in Italian, French, Swiss German, German. Yeah, right. And he he's Swiss German. Yeah. Like, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But that's just because people don't realize what Switzerland is so small. I mean, you're from Tassie um, and Tassie is pretty small. What are you talking about? But <laughs> Switzerland is two thirds of Tassie. Is it? Yeah. I knew it was small. I didn't realize it was that small. Yeah, it's two thirds. Yeah, right. Actually, a little bit less. Just a fraction less than two thirds. Really? Yeah. So that's so yeah. Tassie is super small, and so Switzerland even smaller, and we speak four different languages. Yeah, that's what blows my mind. Yeah, it's confusing. So you in a car and you drive for half an hour, or not even, you yeah. can drive ten minutes, and the the whole language changed. Yeah, even the Geneva airport. One side of the airport is French, the other side is Switzerland, the international yeah. airport. Yeah. When we went there on our honeymoon and we had to uh, fly out of Geneva, oh, my God, I reckon we did circles going in and out of France and Switzerland trying to find the right driveway to get into the yeah. right side of the airport. Yeah. It was mental. Because we landlocked as well. So yeah. we, have, we have France and then we have um, 
Luxembourg, yeah. Germany, Austria, and Italy. It's all attached to Switzerland. So we yeah. get of everything in country which is attached to Switzerland, we get a little bit of their language. Ah, yeah, but right, we yeah. still think we're pretty special. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. We never accept the euro. We still have the Swiss francs. Oh, we never yeah. involved in anything. Like we just do our little thing in a yeah little tiny Switzerland and charge a fortune for everything. It's yeah. expensive there. Yeah, it is expensive. Yeah. yeah. Do you miss Switzerland? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. Um, of course, I miss my family, friends. Yeah. Um, sometimes miss the four seasons. I know. Yeah. Oh, we discussed that the other day. Good yeah. to change it up a little bit sometimes. It's very strange that um, Switzerland can be very, very cold, right? Yeah. Uh, you are possibly one of the only Swiss people who doesn't do well in the cold. Like you cannot cope in cold weather. No. Yeah. That's that's right. Yeah. Hence the UGG boot thongs. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. My body just doesn't cope well with uh, cold conditions. That's why I prefer to race in, in Asia, and that's probably why yeah. I've always done okay in, in Hawaii. Yeah. yeah. You've done all right. Yeah, it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Back to childhood. Told you this is this goes everywhere. That's fine. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, Now, we we broke a story. We as in Wits Up broke a story, story a couple of years ago, and it's become a thing now. <laughs> the Hoff. So y- you didn't used to watch TV, but when you did, it was Baywatch. No, or Night Rider. Yeah, Night Rider. Night Rider. Yeah, so that once a week I was allowed to watch TV. That was usually Night Rider. That was your choice. David David Hasselhoff yeah. in the black leather jacket. Yeah. The black car. Yeah. Kit. Yeah. Going reverse out of a truck on a highway. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so um, I got a DVD. I think Dali sent me a DVD of David Hasselhoff, Night Rider. And it was in German and I was super disappointed. Oh, no, it was in English. No, it was in English. Sorry. Oh, yeah, of course, because you would have heard it in German. So, yeah, back then I watched it in German, which was just a translation. And they had different voices, of course, different people talking. Um, So I was really disappointed when I was listening to... The normal version, the which American is version, actually yeah. David talking and, you know, Kit, and then he talks. I was, that's not Kit talking. It sounds completely different. I didn't like it at all. So I watched it, but I didn't like it. You got through it. But so the love affair with David Hasselhoff, like that bubble's been broken a bit. Yeah. 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 Oh, but not too much. Oh, okay, you're still, you're still on board. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are there posters in your garage? No. <laughs> Can you imagine? Definitely not. Did you just take them down because I was coming over? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no posters. Definitely not. What about um, other people growing up? Um, I'm, I'm not going to say that David Hasselhoff inspired you, but who who inspired you growing up, whether it be famous sports stars or whatever, or... It doesn't have to always be sports star. It could be someone close to you, like a swimming coach when you were younger or a teacher or who, who's someone that you really remember as a kid? Um, because I grew up with swimming, I had a lot of um, swimmers I looked up to. Yeah. And there was um, two German swimmers I was looking up to and all the rest was Australians, which is pretty funny. 
Yeah. Looking back, I had um after David Hasselhoff, I had heaps of posters of um swimmers on my wall, and usually the Australians. Yeah. What Aussies? Do you remember? Um, Susie O'Neill. Ah. Um. Oh, oh, you met her at Noosa, didn't you? Yeah. So, yeah, that was that was super special, and I I think I I told her later on. Yeah. Um, explained her sort of why or so. Happy. She she came up to me and she asked about something. Uh, I think it was two years ago. I was um I just got ready for the news at triathlon in the morning. Just yeah. got ready for my swim and she just came up like she she came up to me and started talking to me. Yeah, and I was just like, oh my god, that's just unbelievable. I mean, just you know, growing up as a kid in Switzerland, having posts of hers um yeah. all over my wall, and then. Um, 25 years later, she's coming up to me and asking me things about triathlon. That's so cool. Yeah, and then the next year, um, I went up to Nizo again, and um, Libby Trigget, uh, yeah. Libby Lenton, um, was there too, and we had a coffee on a coffee boat with Susie as well, and um, sort of everyone swam back, and we just um stayed on the boat and sort of chatted along, and then we swam back to the beach together. So it was. Susie on my left, me, and then Libby on my right, and we all we swam three of us back to the beach, and it sounds it sounds maybe stupid, but it that isn't. was just so so special to me. Like I That's I just so could cool. not believe that just happened. Yeah, yeah. And did Libby know as well that you are, were a bit of a fan? Um, yeah, I told her once, and she was just giggling. She was just laughing. Um. Oh, it's so cute. Oh, it's just, you know, it's it's just um, amazing how things can change and turn. And, um, yeah, I had photos of Susie, um, yeah, in my, in, my, in my books, school books and um, on the wall and all that sort of stuff. Like, she was definitely one of my favourites. Even though I wasn't back then, I wasn't um, a butterfly swimmer. I was. You just rated her. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, you do realize. Well, I know you do realize, but but that's you to future generations as well. So if if you know, that's yeah, that would be great. I mean, that's well, you are right now, but uh, one day someone might come up to you who you thinks amazing as what uh, you know, who is a good sports star or whatever. Yeah, and they they might say to you, "Oh my god." Like, I'm sure it's happening now. There'd be up-and-coming uh, younger pro triathletes who would be so nervous to talk to you or, you know, meet you. Yeah, I hope that's that's the case. That Yeah. That would really make me happy, actually, yeah. The circle of life. Yeah, yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. Do Because do I know that you've got a lot of fans and I know that fans are really important to you. Um, like I've spoken to you before about when, when you're out racing and – um, it's not that you're thinking about the fans on the side of the road, you know, in terms of giving them high fives and stuff, but it's one of the reasons that you never want to DNF because you don't want to disappoint your fans. Yeah. You know, we've, yeah, we've had that discussion, but w- outside of actually on the race course, is it weird to know that there's kids out there, people out there who've got your poster on their wall? Like, <laughs> is that weird? I'm not, I don't mean in a creepy way, but. That's that's a reality. That that's what is out there. Yeah, that's 
I mean, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It feels like I can give something back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you you're really good with your fans. It's it's cool. Well, the yeah, the fans are important to me. Mm. They hope I hope they know. Yeah. Um and they do make me a few times finish a race where I thought mm. I why should I even, you know? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Why should I even keep going? But Yeah. Um Yeah, just I think I would disappoint them, so I don't want to do that. Yeah. It's cool. It's what the sport needs. More fans. More fans. So can we just give everyone your phone number and they can just contact you directly? <laughs> uh, I've got it here. Uh, <laughs> and your address and they can just... Pop in whenever. Pop in, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it is BYO Texter, so they have to bring their own texter so that you can sign anything. Um, <laughs> imagine that. Imagine people start knocking on the door. You are in Port Mac, now, living in Port Mac now, so... There's a lot of there's a lot of triathletes around here, isn't there? You were telling me the other day that because so many people volunteer at this race at Ironman Australia, they all get the Ironman T-shirt. So yeah. everywhere you go, there's someone in an Ironman T-shirt. Not kidding. Everywhere, <laughs> any day, any day in the week, you go to Coles or Woolworths or you go to Kmart or whatever. You go to the beach. Yeah. There's at least once or twice a day you see someone with Ironman shirts, Ironman hat. Um, yeah. It's quite incredible. Yeah. But not surprising because at least fifty percent of the popularity uh, people in in Port Mac are involved in that two days event. So. Yeah, I got one more, uh, two more questions for you. These are the tough ones. Mm. <laughs> Obviously, everyone calls you Zena. That's your nickname. Uh, Brett gave it to you. It's on your bike. You've embraced that. But what's one thing that people, I guess, assume about you, but you think that they don't really know about you? Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Go. <laughs> That's a tough one. Um, yeah, so the people um, in triathlon, they know me as Cena. Um, and I think they don't they don't know the side outside when I'm not, like, when I'm not doing the sport, I'm just more, um, just normal Caroline. So just a sort of a different personality a little bit, which I prefer people don't know because... <laughs> Um, that has nothing to do with my job, you know, it's yeah. two different things and I sort of, that's sort of my private side, um, maybe a little bit shy, um, don't like it quiet, not, not, you know, I don't need all the time party or people around me, I can. You like it quiet? Why are you hanging out with me then? Well, for a couple <laughs> of days, that's all right, but then I heard you flying out tomorrow, so that's <laughs> good. <laughs> <Screw you. laughs> Yeah, so I, yeah, I do enjoy that hope, you know, when I'm yeah. racing and have people around me and all that. But I do enjoy outside of the job of triathlon, having yeah, just a bit of quiet time and yeah. You just never want people to know that side because they need to know just game face. Well, it doesn't make sense. Why? Why would they know? They don't have to know everything. Well, we've given them a lot of information now. Well, so that's just a little piece. <laughs> Zena bubble is best. <laughs> uh, okay, last question. I ask everyone this, um, just because I'm interested in the feedback, and I know that you're very honest. Uh, what does wits up mean to you, and what we're trying to achieve? Um, it's we finally get some, you know, 
coverage. Uh, that's just one little thing, but we get coverage when we race. I sort of feel like there's a little bit more support out there um, because we do have sponsors which are interested to follow us, what we do, and WhatsApp definitely covers that up. So through WhatsApp, we get more publicity, which means um, we get more sponsorship because we actually can promote our gear. So do you feel like that has actually happened? Like, do you, do you feel like there has been a bit of a change over the last few years? Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. Yeah. Because sometimes it's really hard for me to assess that. Like, it's, you know, when you're so involved with things, it's hard to step back and see that you are getting a result. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So it's good to hear that. Yeah. Awesome. Anything else you'd like to say about anything? Um. <laughs> it's cool to have you around when we race. <laughs> Don't suck up to me now. No, it's a bit more fun. No, it's actually really cool. We, yeah, when I race and, you know, there's actually someone out there who's interested in a girls' race. Yeah. Um, which uh, is you. <laughs> <laughs> Where I've, yeah. I've done races before. There was, you know, barely coverage because we're in the second wave or we're not, yeah. the field's not as big or... Um, we a little slower than males or whatever. Um, yeah, no, it's good to get that coverage. And at the moment, yeah. looks like we get more coverage or the better coverage than sometimes the guy gets. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I think it should be even. You know, like should yeah. be. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah. Sweet. So just keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah, don't, definitely. Don't pack it in yet. No, no. Keep yeah, keep, keep doing what you're doing and. Um, yeah, I think you get good response as well. Yeah. Otherwise, you probably would have stopped a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's it, it's great to have another platform, you know, where we yeah. can promote our sport and, um, yeah. That's plenty. Thanks. <laughs> 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 All right, we we're gonna call it a day. Because uh, you're probably sick of my voice. <laughs> I'm definitely sick of I your voice. I have a sore ass. <laughs> <laughs> that chair is super uncomfortable. I thought it was going to be comfortable. Yeah, me too, but I'm really sore. Oh, and you can't move much because you're going to talk directly into the microphone. Yeah, some sort of trapped in. Oh, sorry. I need to go to the toilet too. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, we won't record that bit. We'll let you go to the toilet. Thank you very much for joining me, although we've spent the entire past 72 hours together, but you're not sick of me yet, which is good. No? Uh, yeah, it's oh. good. I mean, it's good I'm not sick of you. You're yeah. dead to me. Whatever. Go to the toilet. Thank you very much. Um, I'll be chatting to you soon. See ya. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks to Caroline for joining us for probably our longest podcast that we've done so far. Is it too long? I don't know. Originally, I'd planned on 45 minutes, but how about you guys let me know what you think is a good amount of time and we'll go from there. But for now, train sensibly, stay safe and enjoy the ride.